Welcome to Tell Me Something Good About Retail, the podcast of The Retail Doctor, and I'm your host, Bob Fibbs. In this episode, I get to talk with Patrick Richardson, the author of Laundry Love and the host of his new series on Discovery Plus and HDTV, The Laundry Guy. So congrats on your new show. I am so excited to talk to you today, Patrick. Thanks. I am super excited to be here. I'm actually kind of starstruck, so I'm going to get through it. But, you know, you're kind of my retail idol, so I'm pretty excited to be here. You're the best. Well, Patrick has been with SalesRx, my online retail sales training program, for a while. But we're not here to talk about me. I want to hear. So how did you start out in retail, Patrick? Well, I mean, I love clothes. And I loved clothes ever since I was, you know, a wee lad. So when I wanted to get my sort of first job while I was in college, I wanted to work in a department store. And so I started working for profits. And then I... Don't we all work for profits? Hold on. Don't we all work for profits? Well, nice. Oh, that's another... No. Yeah. It would now be... What is profits? It was... They were based in Knoxville. They've now become Belks. Oh, okay. They were bought by Belks a few years ago. And so then from there, I moved to Lexington to go to the University of Kentucky, and I worked for McAlpin's. And then, you know, from there, I worked for a furrier, and then I worked for Neiman Marcus, and then I worked for Nordstrom, and then I opened my own store. And since you brought that up, I know you're at the Mall of America, and you've been there for a while. So what's it been like in the last year? Um, The last year has been interesting. I mean, it, you know, obviously we're, you know, tourism-centric, My store, we have a ton of locals because like laundry product, you know, we get a local following, but we watch tourism kind of go down. But, you know, I mean, the mall is, it's kind of an entity. It's not a mall, it's the mall. So it kind of has held its own probably better than some of my counterparts. Well, that's good to hear. And in fact, my next uh, guest is going to be an SVP from Mall of America. So what a nice connection as we, Jill Renslow. Oh, I love her. (laughs) See, listen to the next episode, but well, you have I'm to listen to this. I'm already one. going to. Okay, good. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, events are part of what draw people to you. So what happens at Laundry Camp? So at Laundry Camp, you basically learn how to do your laundry from beginning to end. You learn about how to sort your clothes, wash them, dry them, and then stains. And I know stains falls out of order, but it's the thing everybody wants to know. So I'm afraid if I do it early that, you know, then people are no longer interested. So I have to kind of hold it till the end. But I teach you everything because I believe that everything you own can be washed. So nothing goes to the dry cleaner and nothing is off limits. Uh, Nothing is off limits. Right. So if you want to wear your tuxedo jacket to McDonald's and you spill ketchup on it, no biggie, you can wash it. So you shouldn't have these things in your closet or in your life that you're afraid of. I love that idea. Now, I need to go back to your store for a minute because I passed over one of my notes that I'd written. Mm -hmm. So the name of your store, where did you get that from? So it's named Mona Williams because, as I said, I went to the University of Kentucky. She was from Lexington, and she was the first American woman to be named best-dressed woman in the world in 1933. And when she died, she left her wardrobe to the University of Kentucky. So when I was studying in college and I was looking in labs, I mean, I was looking at her haute couture, you know, wardrobe. She left her jewelry to the Smithsonian and her sapphire sits next to the Hope Diamond. So, you know, she was the, her husband was the richest man in the world. So she 
had this amazing wardrobe. She was the muse of Balenciaga. So it was kind of a fascinating thing. And so when I was going to, you know, if I'm going to open vintage clothes and say that my vintage clothes are the best vintage clothes, why don't name the store after the best dressed woman in the world? In 1933 in Kentucky. Yeah. Well, she lived in Paris in 30, 1933. It was wow. said in 1933, she wouldn't had to have spent $100,000 a year on clothes to be named best dressed woman in the world, implying that in 1933, she truly did spend $100,000 a year on clothes. And she probably didn't have a dry cleaner then, I wouldn't imagine. I would hope not. Well, I have to get to your series, which yes. uh, premiered just a few nights ago on yes, Discovery Plus and HGTV. I was like, I know him. Yeah. And that was so exciting. And you know what I particularly appreciated was there was that little wrinkle, which we'll talk about the bomber jacket mm -hmm. uh, moment in you when you're live filming. But the stories that came out from it mm -hmm. and your care that I think the the woman, was it the quilt or whatever, but she talked about it, she wanted to give it to her daughter. Like there was a reason. She wasn't just cleaning it for the heck of it. Right. Has that always been the way you've approached things? I, what I always say, and I say it, you know, in a shameless plug for my book, but whatever, I always say that, you know, you do laundry for people that you love and laundry is all about love. So I approach all of laundry as it's an act of service and it's part of a love language and that to me is the whole point. You don't have to do your laundry. You get to do your laundry. And you're very lucky because you get to do it. So I have this kind of love approach. Like I love to iron my husband's shirts. You know, he wears t-shirts every day, so I don't get to a lot. But I love it when I have the chance to do it because it makes him feel good. And he feels like he looks good. And that makes me happy. You know, it's something I can do for him. I love that. I've never thought of laundry as an act of service, but you're right. You've been with someone, you want to take care of them. Mm -hmm. And particularly when you have these momentous items that someone mm -hmm. has, like my mom, she passed away last year, but there was a baby blanket I must have had as a kid that mm -hmm. was incredibly ultra soft, has little holes in it. I'm sure that someday I'll go to her house and I'll find it again. Mm -hmm. And there is something about certain pieces of clothing. Mm -hmm. What is that that is it bring us back to being a kid or is it just tactile, the feel of it? It brings you back to that moment, you know? I mean, you'll see things in the series that aren't necessarily child related, but it brings you to whatever that moment is, you know, be it a letterman jacket or a wedding dress or a quilt, you know? You have emotion tied up in that, that piece. And, you know, when it's stained, you still have the emotion, but you're kind of sad because... You know, this thing that you love so much isn't perfect. And so when I have the opportunity to go in and make it perfect again, you know, like you get all the emotion, but it's also like you've cared for it and you've restored it, you know, like your baby blanket. I mean, if you ever find it, you'll have to send it. I will bring it back because it's great to have it. It's even better to have it when you've cared for it and you've given it, you know, the love and the respect that it deserves. Well, and I love that. It's almost like you're putting that memory back together again, mm -hmm. right? Right, you're making it whole. Yeah, I love that. So the bomber jacket, my jaw dropped when you were doing the bomber jacket. You're <laughs> like, oh, go away. I'm just going to go and, and do this. <laughs> you put it in the water and you're like, oh. Yep, yep, <laughs> and you can almost hear you going like, what's going? Stop the cameras. Well, but you just funny. were cool. You're like, Hey, no big deal. Can you take our listeners into that moment about what's going on and, yeah, and how so you I put stain solution on this on the back of this jacket because I was going to scrub the patch. 
And it said Guatemala across it. And I started scrubbing and the color started moving. And you see me in the moment, which is, it's 100% true. I will not fake it for TV. Go, I have to put this in water. And I was actually telling that to my producer. I mean, it was, it, my, the camera was not a thought in my mind at that point. When I say I have to go straight to put this in water, I'm like telling everybody, I'm making a jerking movement. You don't have time to move your cameras. I have to go. And we had this amazing camera guy who actually caught it all. So it was so incredible because I wouldn't have, there's no way I would have faked it. Like if, if it hadn't been caught on camera, you never would have seen it. But, you know, I love that you saw it because that happens, you know, I mean, life does happen, you know, things don't always go exactly like you want, but you just have to kind of adapt. And so fortunately I knew what to do. I plunged it in water and it was fine. You know, the jacket turned out beautifully. And actually I kind of loved that that moment ended up in there because I mean, I think the show's beautiful, but I think, you know, we didn't have a lot of those moments because, you know, I'm at a point where I kind of know how these things work, but, you know, somebody at home may not. So I was kind of glad that it happened, to be honest. Well, for a guy like me, what it gave me permission to realize is like, and it may not go well for you, but you can immediately fix it. That's what I, you didn't hear the, holy crap, I've ruined an heirloom. Right. It was like, oh, I've just got to get, you just went right to, oh, I just need to do this, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated about because I think you you made us understand why you're the laundry guy, but also you're, you're just like, I know what I know and mm-hmm. I can fix this, but it comes off to me like you were saying that to us. Oh, I need to get this in water. Like you had the presence of mind to tell us that. <laughs> I didn't realize what you were saying. Well, I just, I, I just said it because it had to go. Like, you know, I mean, I guess I was so in the filming moment. I don't, maybe I don't even know who I said it to, but it was just like, it has to go right now because yeah. I was, I mean, it's funny. My dad watched the episode. My parents both obviously watched it. Thank goodness. Right. And they both were like, we could tell you were terrified. You know, I mean, they saw it and they saw the look. I mean, and I was like, and it's funny because once I got it in water and I got it calmed down, you know, I mean, I would have dipped into the cleaning vodka if it hadn't been midday. I was so stressed out. I'm going to be looking for that episode when you do do that. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So you you've been in um, you've been doing this now. Been filming this what for the last four months? Yep. You're just going to be having you know people are going to be finding out about it. They're going to be coming to the Mall of America. And what do you think that's going to mean for your brand? Could you have thought of something like this when you started? <laughs> no, I started Laundry Camp because. You know, people needed to know how to do laundry. And to be honest, I needed to sell laundry products. So it seemed like a good thing to do. And, you know, that was why I started. And that was just all it was going to be. And, you know, I mean, I had, I've always had sort of my philosophy about laundry. But, you know, there's a practical side that people need to do it. And I need to sell stuff. So I never would have guessed that, you know, I would have a book and a TV show. And I would have even been less likely to guess that they'd both come out the same week. You know, so it's been kind of a wild ride. But, it's amazing. I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to, you know, I hope that everybody becomes a believer and, you know, they start using soap and horsehair brushes and, you know, I hope. And that, laundry flakes from you. Let's right, be honest. Right. I mean, I hope that they, especially laundry flakes, cause you can't get them anywhere else. And, you know, I hope that, that they just kind of find the fun in doing their laundry. You know, I mean, something I love to say and I've said it too many times, but I just, it's so much what I believe, you know, when I was a kid, 
when you watched like sitcoms or shows or whatever, you would always see a parent, primarily a mom, but you know, be like, oh, I've got to make dinner for the kids. Like it was some chore. And now there's the Food Network and the Cooking Channel and magazines and William Sonoma and books. Cookbooks are the number one selling book category. There's all this thing devoted to cooking. And the only thing that happened is when Marion Cunningham put the chicken in the oven in 1970, it was like, oh, I have to make dinner for the kids. And when Ina Garten puts the chicken in the oven, she's like, I get to cook for Jeffrey. She put it in the oven the exact same way. It's just that she changed her mind. And she decided, I like putting the chicken in the oven. Well, I want people to like putting their clothes in the washing machine because it's you have to do it, so you might as well have fun. Except you don't want me to put it in the washing machine. Oh, no, you put it in I'm not supposed to put it in there like as much as I do, right? Isn't that one of the most common things you say? Like less often, but when you have to, I want you to throw it in the washing machine. I mean, I know that you love really bright colored shirts and I want you to put them in the washing machine. I toned it down for you today. I thought, "Eh." No, but I, I know you have this cool side and you like to wear these really bright shirts and I want you to put them all in the washing machine. Oh my gosh, that would take a lot. You know how much those shirts cost? Yes, I do. And that's the reason. And I believe that it's okay. Yeah, and my husband's not there to, to iron my shirt for me. I have to do that myself. I, you know, I was in clothes for an awful long time <laughs> and I did wash my own shirts and iron them with the, should you use Niagara spray starch or no? I love spray starch. I love spray starch. Oh, it's so great. I the finish, love it. But I guess starch is bad when you send it to the cleaners, right? That it can wear it, break down the fibers or yeah, something. It's just because they do it wet. You know, they the shirt is soaking wet with starch, and they hit it with a hot iron to dry it, and it's just way too aggressive. And you also shouldn't store with starch. So, like your shirts that you're wearing all the time, it's no big deal because you keep washing it out. But like, you know, the Christmas tablecloth, when you go to put it away, you shouldn't starch it because you don't want to store something with starch in it. Okay, okay. And now you are the laundry evangelist. So, how did you come up with that concept? How did you go from vintage? To evangelist. That's a very supercharged word, my friend. Well, I, you know, I wanted people to believe. So I had to come up with a word that made them believe. I started with vintage and actually I carried laundry product in my vintage store because people already have this aversion to dry cleaning. And, you know, young people are the ones at the time. Now everybody loves vintage. But when I opened the store, it was primarily young people that were attracted to vintage. And they would tell me, well, I don't want to buy that because I don't want to take it to the dry cleaner. So I started carrying laundry product strictly as a means to sell vintage because I thought, well, you'll buy that, you know, 1960s dress from me if I can help you wash it at home and you won't be afraid to wash it. And so I started carrying laundry product for that reason. Well, then people started finding out there's this guy who will tell you how to wash your, you know, your husband's suits. You should go see him. And so all these people started coming and buying the laundry product. And, you know, that was kind of how it all started. I mean, it was just, and then it's funny, at some point in time, it all started and I kind of realized, you know, nobody else is doing this. So I think that also kind of became a thing. Yeah. And I don't think anybody else will be able to uh, take that title from you in the meantime. We're going to continue in just a minute, but I want to talk about our sponsor, SalesRx. What if you could be fully prepared to lead your marketplace in the new retail surge for 2021? Restore your sales volume to pre-pandemic levels and start seeing double-digit sales increases every month. Well, it can happen, but only if you train your associates. That's why you should check out salesrx.com. 
We train every associate how to engage a stranger, discover the shopper, and yes, make more sales. Check out salesrx.com after this broadcast. And we're back talking clothes with Patrick Richardson, whose new book, Laundry Love, just came out in addition to his Laundry Guy TV show on Discovery Plus and HDTV. So I have to ask you, do men and women want different things from their clothes? Absolutely. It's funny. They, they want to approach them differently. Like, you know, women want to like baby them. You know, they want to be like, well, I can't put my cashmere sweater in the washing machine because, you know, I want to hand wash it and I want to whatever. And men generally are like, I can't put my cashmere sweater in the washing machine because I don't know what to do and I don't want to ruin it. So it's, you know, great. I can validate that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot that we just stops us, right? Right. It's just, you know, like I have guys who are afraid to put their suits in the washing machine. And I actually had one really good customer very early on. He came to my very first laundry camp and he wouldn't put his suits in the washing machine. And I said, I'll make a deal with you. If you'll tell all of you, he worked in a law firm. I said, if you'll tell all of your friends to come to laundry camp, I will come to your house and we will do it. And so I drove to his house. You know, we take the mesh bag, we stuff the jacket in, we stuff the pants in, and they were very, very expensive suits. And he was panicked. And he said, well, let's just do one. And I said, no, we're going to do a whole load. We're not going to do one. So we stuff them all in and we toss them all in the washer. And they come out and they hang them up and we steam them to dry. And he was like, oh, that's that's it? And I was like, yeah, that's it. It's not really that hard. It's it's easy. And then, you know, his wife was like, oh, I would have never done that. I would have hand washed them. And I was just like, there's the difference between the way men and women approach their clothes. But, you know, it's easy. Once it's easy, it's easy for everybody. Well, another thing that you do on your uh, your show is you, out of nowhere, <laughs> you had a bunch of potatoes. Let's make candy. I was like, this is interesting, Patrick. Mm -hmm. And are those family recipes? Are those things that you like started to make a candy store and instead say, I can do it in vintage? No, it's funny. Do you want to know really how that happened? It's actually kind of funny. We wanted to come up with something to tie back to starch. And I knew that my great grandmother used to pull the starch out of potatoes to use as starch to iron her clothes. And potato candy is like a common thing back where I grew up. And I really wanted to infuse kind of my Eastern Kentucky sort of heritage into the episodes. Like there's another episode where I make a mint julep, you know, and I kind of wanted to bring a little bit of me because I wanted the stories like, you know, when we're talking to, about the jacket or the quilt, that story, I want that to be about the other person. You know, that's not really about me. That's, that's about Delaste and her beautiful, you know, quilt. So I wanted to put a little of me in it. And so we wanted to do these little segments and some of them are practical, like you'll learn how to fold a fitted sheet. But, you know, a few of them, and even in that one, you learn something about me that I like to scent my sheets with peppermint. But I wanted you to kind of get to know me. So we did those little segments just so you could kind of figure me out a little bit, maybe. Well, we certainly do. And I think that's what you exude, <laughs> which is the sense of authenticity. I can't tell you how many people, you know, you'll see a LinkedIn thing, five ways to be authentic. And I was like, really? Is that really what we've come down to? Like... How do I be myself? Mm -hmm. uh, just be yourself? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know. So, um, you know, as, as a businessman, what do you think one of the best investments you ever made was? Hmm. Gosh, I've done. There's been a few. One of them was a computer system that would make 
that would track everything so that I could free up my time, you know, like a shipping system, a, you know, I mean, and actually you in one of your Sunday morning chats said you need to learn how to use your register. And I actually did it while during the pandemic, I spent the time learning every single thing about my cash register so that I would know how everything worked so that I could use it better. But, and then I put a shipping system with that. So that was a great one. And then, you know, my staff, I mean, I'm not afraid to pay my staff. Like, Tell us about that. Well, you know what? Kind of like your really gorgeous shirts that you said are very expensive. They're expensive because they're fabulous. Well, that's the same as the true of my staff. You know, I mean, if I wanted to hire minimum wage, I'd get minimum wage. I mean, you know, I worked at Neiman Marcus and I was like, this is why you should buy a $4,000 in 1999. This is why you should buy a $4,000 Oxford suit because it's the best. And you know, with my staff, they're the best. And I, one of the reasons I was able to film my show is because I was able to literally find out four days before I was going to film that I was going to start filming and that I was going to be gone for a whole month. And I pretty much got in the car and went to film because I knew that my team was phenomenal and that they would run the store and I didn't worry about it. And the truth of the matter is, I didn't worry about it. You know, I still want to, I want to train them to get them better, but not so much because I don't think they're not fantastic, but you know, we can all get better. I mean, I can learn not to make, you know, color run on the back of a patch of a jacket and everybody can learn more skills. I mean, they can get better. And, but my best investment, no question, my team. You know, that's great, Patrick. The name of the podcast is tell me something good about retail. And a lot of times I'll ask people, and they'll have something florid to, you know, tell me about. And to me, what you just said is it, because it really is about working with other people. Selling is nothing more than the transference of feeling, as those of you who've heard me before and seen me and everything else, that I feel great about something. It's easy for me to sell it to somebody else. And I think all of us who are here with you, Patrick, just realize you have such a way of feeling about laundry. It's like, well, I guess I could try that. I, I guess I will try that. I, I may have to ask you to come to my house and put my suits in the in the washer I, you I think you would be more willing to toss your suits in than you know some of those shirts which i'm guessing are cavalli not oh i have a cavalli yeah they have, have a cavalli they have that and have uh, this red robert graham i've got a yeah they kind of have that look so, yeah the, it's cavalli it's really thin which yeah. is what worries me because that's what fun. rips or that look at you it'll be just fine i'm not even not even like i wouldn't even slow down with that that I is so good. Straight in. That is so good. Well, I have two other questions for yeah. you, but Janice, with your time today. So what would you recommend? Like the first thing, if I bought something from a vintage store, what would be the first thing I should do? Should I wash it? Should I read the care instructions? Should I have a, well, you probably won't say dry clean, but mm -hmm. what would you suggest? Well, it depends on the store. I mean, you know, the thing is, if you bought vintage from me, it was all already washed because, you know, I, I did it. But yeah, you otherwise you should wash it. As far as read the care instructions or dry clean it, I have a great tip for reading the care instructions. If you buy it and it says like hand wash cold or dry flat or dry clean only or whatever, smooth it out on your kitchen counter and like smooth it out and get it really smooth and flat and then reach into the junk drawer, get out the scissors and just cut the tag out because then it doesn't say that anymore and you can do whatever you want. Because it's totally safe to wash. So what is that? That's a created by liability things? You're just afraid someone's going to return it and say, oh, it puckered. Well, you say, I, I, you're a retail guy. Imagine 
that you have 50 different items, you don't want to make tags that says machine wash warm, machine wash cold, machine wash hot, dry flat, whatever. So dry clean only is always safe because dry cleaners often wash, you know, and dry cleaning is not dry. It's a liquid process. You know, they just tumble it in petroleum rather than tumbling it in water. It's still wet. So it's a liquid process. It's just that dry cleaners are taught all of the things that I will teach you in the book, you know, and then you can do it. I mean, what is more pure than water, you know? And like, I think, don't you live in upstate New York? Um, I do. There's like sheep and goats and things around you. I mean, when it rains, does the farmer run out there and grab them and stick them in the barn so it's dry? And then when they're filthy, he's like, well, sheep, we've got to go to the dry cleaner. No, they stand out there in the rain and they get wet and they're just fine. I just pictured this guy with a bunch of sheep going to the dry cleaner. Like, well, I mean, back on Tuesday, no starch. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> fluff, fluff and fold. Right. Yeah. No. We don't think about that, though. That's right. so funny. Well, listen, you've been a joy to have on my show. What would you tell a friend um, looking to go into retail? Um, first of all, I would say for the first couple of years, you're going to panic. But then you're just going to like fall in love with it so much that you can even on like your worst day, it's still better than your best day was before because you're happy. And if you surround yourself with people that make you happy, which is your employees and your customers, um, you know, I, something else I'm going to, I told you I'm a huge fan and, you know, I'm kind of starstruck, but something you've said more than once is to like open your heart to people. And if you get your team to open your heart, if they open their heart, then customers come in and, like, I mean, I just had a customer come in today who bought 12 books and he waited to buy them from me because he wanted to get them from me and not from Amazon. And he wanted me to sign them all, you know, because he's going to give them away at Easter. And he's like, you know, I just want to support you. And if somebody says that to you, I mean, you'll go to the end of the earth for them. But at the end of the day, you go home and you're like, you know what? These people are really happy because of something I did. So if you ask, if somebody asked me to go into retail I would say open your eyes so you're not blind to that, you know, it's some sort of fun store like Romy and Michelle, but you should absolutely do it because it's life changing. That's that's a great way to think of it, Patrick. You know, I, I'm actually writing a blog right now and I'm talking about the joy for me when I get to work on a retail on the retail sales floor is I feel like when I get it right, when I get you to trust me, it's like you see this little boy or girl's face kind of light up and it's kind of like oh, you saw me, or there's possibilities. You see them, like, awaken. And I think that's what we feel when we see your your series as well. It's like, oh, what's going to happen? What's he going to do? Because it's always this this certainty and that calmness, and that's what I really uh, appreciate. So what's ahead for you in the next few months? Do you have things all planned out, or are you going to go on a major speaking? Well, probably not, but, uh, you know, are you going to be in the store? Can people find you there? I'm in the store all the time. It's, you know, I mean... I can't wait to come to the store. We don't open right now until 11. I still get here at nine o'clock just because I like to be here. So yeah, right now people can come in the store. They can see me and they can ask laundry questions and I'll answer them. I think my staff is probably better at answering them than I am, but either way, somebody will answer them and they can, you know, they can just kind of come and hang out because it's a fun place to be. And when they're here, they can, you know, go ride a roller coaster because it's just right outside. And then if you get some stains on it, come up to you and yeah. get the laundry flakes. Exactly. We've got you covered. I, I love that, my friend. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should start carrying uh, ketchup and mustard as well. Yeah, then exactly. Then you can just like, help it along a little. Mm -hmm. Like, just, oh, make sure yeah. you get a hot dog on the way out. Right. If I could just do a hot dog card on the other side. Maybe that's my <laughs> next business opportunity. 
There, see, always thinking, always thinking. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you today, uh, Patrick, and great success with the book and with the show. And uh, we'll be following on the other side and laughing along with you. So thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for everything I've learned from you because I really appreciate it. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks again to my guest, Patrick Richardson with Mona Williams. I enjoyed speaking about how he added his laundry products as a way to sell more of his vintage clothes at the Mall of America. I also loved his take on the best thing about retail is his team. There's a reason Patrick is so successful because he knows about human connections and why we watch him on his series. Now on this final episode of this podcast season, I'll be speaking with Jill Renslow about the Mall of America and the new opportunities in retail. You won't want to miss it. I'm Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. Thanks again for listening. Tell Me Something Good About Retail is the podcast of the Retail Doctor. Visit RetailDoc.com to learn what makes Bob Fibbs the authority on brick-and-mortar retail across the world who works with some of the biggest brands all the way down to the smallest mom and pops. As a listener of the Tell Me Something Good About Retail podcast, you can receive free information and guides when you visit RetailDoc.com and sign up for our exclusive weekly newsletter. For more information, to access the complete archives of past retail goodness, and to see about Bob speaking to your audience, please visit RetailDoc.com.